a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia. Hello. Hi. Do you remember that time that I didn't go shopping for a whole year? (laughs) Well, it came up because I said to you the other day, you know, I haven't been going out much. I really don't want to go to shopping centres at the moment. I don't really like shopping at the best of times, to be honest. And I thought, well, I've got a lot of stuff in my cupboard, so maybe I just need to get a bit more inventive this year and I'm going to try not to buy anything new. And you said to me? I did that once. Yes. And I was so proud of myself. I got to the end of the year. Mm. And then I binge shopped. <laughs> and the other thing that happened was I literally Until had... Good job. Well, because you've got to think that the, we go through seasons. Yes. Right? So when it came to like the winter, it had oh, been like 18 months. Nothing. Well, it's not that I had nothing, but you get bored of things, don't you? You do. It's so funny. Even if you've got a wardrobe full of things, that right. one shiny new piece yes. of clothing with a tag on it just brings you so much <laughs> joy, doesn't it? All of us, we're suckers for it. I know, totally. It was a good warning though. I appreciated it because I have kept that in mind. Yes, I think the idea is maybe just less. Mm. If you could do less but then repurpose things that way. (laughs) More with less. That's exactly what we're all trying to do at the moment, I think. Um, But we've got a very special duo that are joining us today. Mm -hmm. We'll let them um, introduce themselves in a a (laughs) minute. We'll let them introduce themselves in a minute, but um, mother-daughter team, The Style That Binds Us, are joining us. Hi, guys. Hello. Before we go any further, maybe introduce yourselves individually and talk a little bit about how you guys came to be besides mother and daughter. <laughs> that is probably self-explanatory, <laughs> that, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I'm Alison Brune and I'm the mom and I'm a wardrobe stylist and then I am co-founder of The Style That Binds Us with Delia, my daughter. Yes, so I am Delia Folk, the daughter and other half of The Style That Binds Us. I worked at Barney's New York on the buying team for four years in beauty, ready-to-wear, and jewelry. And mom being a wardrobe stylist, we were sharing and kind of organically working together because... Unfortunately, Barney's is no longer with us. Oh, really? Casualty, not of COVID. This was pre-COVID. We had absolutely no clue that COVID was even a thing. This was in October, but Barney's was all about emerging brands. And so as a stylist, when mom is working with her clients, instead of just using the same old brands that everyone knows, I would get to say, hey, mom, we met with this really cool brand today at Barney's and whether they pick it up or not, they're still a valid brand. So you should know about it for your clients. So then she started developing relationships with these brands and sometimes even bringing them to Birmingham, Alabama, which is where she resides. She comes to visit me in New York often. And so organically, we each started our own blogs. So I started a blog to talk about how I got into fashion, knowing no one coming from the South in America. And starting my job at Barney's, what was that like? Because when anyone heard Barney's, it was like the wow factor. And they would always come up with someone that wanted to work in fashion. My niece's friend wants to work in fashion (laughs) and she talked to Delia. And so working in fashion is, it's a very intense thing. I was eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner at my desk. I didn't have a ton of time to get coffees with everyone. So 
This was kind of like a way to have a digital coffee where I could really talk about how I got into the industry. What is it like when you're in it? And then I also started doing these designer interviews. So I had access and I've met all of these incredible brands and founders. And before they got mainstream, maybe it would take four or five plus years for the rest of the country or globe to find out about it. But I knew about them in the early stages. So then I would talk, learn all about their brand and then say, here's where to shop. And then mom being the stylist, women were asking her the same questions when she was working with them in their closet. And so then we said, well, mom, you know, maybe we should get a bigger platform. If those women had those questions, other women probably do too. So she started her own blog. And then along the way, when people would see us together, and since it was both in fashion, they would say, y'all have such a great relationship and dynamic. Why are you not doing something together? So in April 2018, we finally joined and launched The Style That Binds Us, which is a lifestyle brand and community for those that want to live a stylish and fearless life. And we have a podcast, a YouTube channel, all the social media platforms, in-person events, <laughs> everything. <laughs> you've taken it and you've just gone with it. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> which is awesome. But What's interesting, I guess a lot of people would wonder maybe, like, do they need a stylist? Have you ever thought about having a stylist? I don't think I would like someone to tell me, but I dress in a very eclectic fashion. So I wonder what they would say about that. But I think it's really important that you need to grow and know your body type and what suits you and stuff. Because if you think about, I think there's probably a lot of women that never really work that stuff out. But if you think about in your early 20s when you start, or in your late teens when you start dabbling with fashion and you look back on the faux pas that you might have made with just picking the wrong sort of clothing for your body type. Um, You know, I think from that perspective, it's a really, really amazing thing to look at it through someone else's eyes to help you. I know. I am... as part of my mastermind group last year, they brought in somebody to help with this. And I was like... I don't want to go to that. Right. I I already know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I already know what I know works. My thing, I yeah. know my things. Yeah. It was incredible and I was so bummed because we we got to access this woman as a group but then everyone booked their individual uh-huh. sessions and I never did. And then I was watching all these people come back with all these <laughs> amazing ideas. But what was really interesting was um, – she said to me, she picked out colours that I would never mm. have ordinarily worn mm. that since then I've started wearing and whenever I wear red or orange with two colours, I'm a redhead, like two colours I would never ordinarily wear, I get so many compliments. So actually I feel like I get what you're saying but it wasn't until I did that that I was like, ah, we've always got but something to learn, don't we? the interesting thing about that is saying that you're a redhead, I think where, you know, having a stylist and reading what you guys have discovered is really useful is that we get stuck in these little blocks and that's a perfect example because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's got beautiful red hair but she said growing up her mum was always like, no, no pink, yep. no red, no orange. Yet when she wears red, she, she yes, it's bizarre. gorgeous on her. <laughs> Do you find are people sceptical or are women just like, oh, please, I just need help? What's the, <laughs> the general feeling? It's a, of, it's a lot of the, oh, please, I just need help. I'm exhausted. <laughs> but there's several thoughts that I have about what you all have said. So it is interesting how many people say, but my mother told me I shouldn't ever wear blank. And I was the same way. I was never supposed to wear olive green. I think mom, like mossy green, which I love, 
And with my coloring works really well, but I think she just didn't like the color. <laughs> yeah. And so I always believed I couldn't <laughs> Thanks, wear mom. that, you know? Right. And I think everybody has, my mom said I couldn't do this. My mom said this didn't look good on me, you know, this color lipstick, whatever it was. So that that's always interesting. The other thing about um, sometimes when I work with, let's say, professors and um, things like that, you know, they think it's a little bit shallow in the beginning, but they're just trying to get together a core wardrobe so that basically they'll say, so when I go out with my family, I'm not embarrassing myself or when I, or they'll <laughs> contact me if, if the university has asked them to, um, to create some videos for the university. And then they, they invariably are like, you know, this is really fun. I mean, I, I, I'm, I really enjoy this and I, you know, it, it's okay. It's not a shallow thing to, to do something that makes you feel better about yourself. And then the other thing is the part about going forward. Like we all have so many pieces in our closets that either it was an emergency, you know, I've got to go to this party tomorrow night for such and such. And I have nothing to wear. So I bought the, and then I, and then they say to me, you know, I had to buy, I bought this for this event. I had to go to that night and I've never worn it since. I didn't like it then, but it's all I could find. Or, well, I bought it cause it was on sale and it was Gucci, but it's pink, polka dot and I'll never wear it, but it was such a great price and I've never had any Gucci or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. they all. but the main thing is when you have a stylist that tells you things like your colors and also, um, the right neckline for your face, or if you have sloped shoulders, what you should do about that. If you have broad shoulders, what you need to do about that. And it's all about the ABCs, like accentuating, balancing, and camouflaging. Yeah. So once you know those things, like a certain jacket that is just never going to work for you with your body type, then when you go shopping and you see that cute jacket, you're like, that's adorable, but it's not for me. So you save time. You go straight to what works and for money. you. Save you money. Right color, save your money. You save time. And in your closet, you know, and you also learn to think about what you have at home and sort of keep a running list when you are out and about. Let's say you are with friends and they, they're, you know, someday when we get out and about again and we get to go to lunch <laughs> and walk around, you know, you have this list on your phone and you say, instead of just buying something because you just thought it was cute, but you get home and think, I have absolutely nothing to wear this with. This was so silly. You have this list. Oh yeah, I'm looking for a trench coat. So let's mm-hmm. see what, you know, that'll be my, one of my goals for today. Just kind of like an ongoing list. So, you know, what's funny, I've just had this discussion with a bunch of girlfriends over the weekend because I find the best pair of jeans I've ever bought and the best swimmers, bikini, mm. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. have been off a rack, not tried on. Really? And so I have this new theory that I will, I know what works and what doesn't, right? Gee, but those sure. two things you've just pointed out are So do you like my jeans? Because I bought these ones. off, I never tried them on. Wow. And so I said to her, stop looking online you know by now what works you've you've she was looking for the same cut that she's had before and I said and you send it back if it doesn't fit so you're spending too much I feel like they're two things we spend way too much time on and we make it way harder for ourselves I was like I know that that's the style that will fit that will work and I just bought them and everyone thought I was crazy no but you're right about the online shopping thing too because you can go down the rabbit hole I actually hate online shopping and I think you know if I was looking at your blog and your suggestions in fact I looked at Delia's Instagram yesterday and there was this brand of French provincial and I thought oh I like a floral I'll have a look at that so you know like if you if you 
know what you like and you can narrow it down, it's so much easier because, yeah, online shopping does my, it breaks my brain. The other night I looked for a handbag, I looked through two. 170 handbags. Oh, goodness. I found well, that's one. the thing too, though. I think that when you see something you like, you just need to screenshot it and then save it for when mm-hmm. you can or, or I say to my husband, because he's tall and skinny and he has trouble finding jeans that, that suit his body type and that he likes, I said, if you find something, buy two. Yes, well, there you go. Mm. That's a good oh, idea. Yeah. But not <laughs> for men. Right, yes. Men. But the other thing about it is like professors then all of a sudden their students are taking them. Oh, I love that. And they didn't even think about it. Or at work, the way that women dress, we need to be cognizant of things. Mom has said before, like, you don't want your hair to be like that men are just like, they want to do that. When when I talk to (laughs) groups of women in business, let's say they're in a, a, a business that is mainly run by men and they are this small, you know, um, professional group that comes together and they have me come speak and I talk to them about the way you have power with the way you dress. Yeah. You know, if you really want them to listen to you, you have to, you have to consider what you're wearing and stuff like that, which is really true. I wanted to ask about you about that. Sorry, before you move okay. on about power dressing, can I, can you just talk a little bit about that before you move on? Because I know personally, if I have an event that I'm speaking at, I will very much think about what I wear mm-hmm. to make yeah. myself feel good, to feel powerful. Right. This is a thing, right? Oh, yeah, totally. And sometimes it's almost like some people have a talisman almost. Like they know that specific blazer or whatever they're always going to wear. You know, that's just what they wear. They put on their armor and they feel like they can take on the world. But also, so usually it's on on an individual basis or who you are speaking in front of. Mm. And, you know, if it is like someone will say to me, I'm an advertising executive. I work with mainly men. Um, I do not want to wear a suit because I don't want to come across as threatening to them with their fragile egos. And I also am in the creative field, so I don't want to be too conservative. But I also don't want to look too young for my age. You know, these are all the parameters, you know, and these are the things. And, and, you know, it is interesting if you wear, like, well, I don't know if you ever saw this one, but in the United States, there was a woman, Dr. Uh, Deborah Burke, who spoke a lot every day with the president of the United States during COVID. And she is a renowned um, epidemiologist, scientist. And she worked, did a lot with the AIDS epidemic when it first came around. She's very attractive. And she always wore a scarf around her neck, but she also wore a softer um, blouse. So you got the feeling that she was caring and, approachable in a very scary time, but she was also an expert because she had this scarf tied and every day it kind of became the subject of what kind of scarf is she going to wear. She pulled her hair back. She didn't wear a lot of makeup, but she wore enough that you felt, you sort of felt protected by her. I don't know. It was a very interesting phenomenon. Everybody just, you know, was so thrilled to have this woman. They just hung on every word. And and then again, if you're speaking to a, a group of men and you are wearing a silky type shirt and your hair is a little bit big and soft and, you know, my husband laughs when I say this, but I know it's, I know it's true. If you're wearing a skirt and your legs are showing, they are not meaning to not listen to you, but they are very <laughs> interested about what that shirt feels like. <laughs> They are. It's just the brain, you know. It's just the same thing as the statistics prove have been, you know, have proven that 
you know, in the first seven seconds, not only do people form an opinion about you, but what they really do is they already decide whether you're trustworthy, whether you are um, powerful, whether you are successful, whether you are promiscuous. All of these thoughts are happening in the first few seconds. And another thing um, that I found interesting that I learned recently, they did a study with two different men and one man was wearing to coming to an interview and one man was wearing a suit off the rack and one man was wearing a suit that had been tailored. And every time the man with the tailored suit got the job. Wow. Wow. Because he just looked more powerful mm. and more, um, you know, professional. I'm glad you brought up the men in the suits because we had um, a situation in Australia a couple of years ago where we had a breakfast TV uh, host and mm-hmm. his female co-host um, do an experiment. Basically, he wore the same suit and tie every day for what months, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Months. No. And no one noticed. No one noticed. <laughs> no one noticed. <laughs> wow. However, his co-host was there was some kerfuffle about what she was wearing, and he actually, he's he's quite a strong character. He actually stood up and he said, "This is ridiculous." You know, you, you concentrate so much on what she's wearing and no one noticed the fact that I hadn't changed in months. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that. as women, we really do have that extra yeah. level of uh, pressure on how we look and what we wear and what we choose right. to wear. And even from, you know, that, that I hate to use the word, but like slut shaming and that mm. kind of stuff too. Yes, you know, there's sure, all yeah, of this, yeah. all of this stuff that's, kind of um, assessed really quickly, like you say, about women and right. what they're wearing. I don't know what we do about that, apart from take charge, like you say, and make the choices that you want to make so that you're in control right. of the perception that you're giving out. Even having the knowledge, like if you know what you're wearing is super sexy and that's what you want to have happen, then that's fine. But if you don't want that to happen, you know, you have this power within yourself that you might not be aware of. That, you know, if you want to walk into a room and have people sit up when you come up to the podium and lean in, you know, like, I want to hear what this woman has to say. You know, you can do that before you open your mouth mm. on what you're wearing. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The other thing about working with a stylist, me in particular, because I have this connection with Delia. So there are so many brands in the world. If you think about just yourself, all the different brands of the clothes that you have in your closet. And that you know about, you do, there's there's so many that you don't even know where to begin, or either you just go to the same mm. ones over and over again. But each of these brands that Delia introduced me to had a very interesting story behind them. And then when I tell a client she's looking for a red dress, and you know you, everybody has one, and then I say, well, this brand is this is the founder, and this is her story, and this is where the fabrics come from, and this is why she designs the way she does, and this is her, um, you know, what, what the country she's from or whatever. This is her sustainability mm. um, process and, you know, or her mission statement behind her brand, whatever it is. Then you have an emotional attachment to what you're wearing, and that's the only reason to buy something. Now. I love that. I've got- you could wear the same thing every day. And then when you wear that, and you go out and about, and a friend or a colleague says to you, you look great today. Then you say, oh, let me tell you about this brand. Mm. The designer's name is 
so-and-so and and, so. and, and she lives in so-and-so. <laughs> Women and, always do know, that, don't they? Oh, I like right. it. I bought it for $10. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, the best right, one right, is right. I love your dress. Thank you. It's got pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we do I that? Like but that. we always That's do that. Cute. Thank you. It's got pockets and you kind of like swish around in your, I've got pockets today. Pockets were, but you know what? The funny thing about that is pockets were a very big development for female clothing. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I have re- I heard this story before. Would you want to oh, elaborate? I don't know you all don't of it. But <laughs> it was like, it was, I think it was the 1800s where women weren't allowed to have pockets in their dresses. And then when they did, it was like revolutionary. Oh, Isn't that amazing? Right, okay, That's why it. jeans pockets are different in women's jeans still, apparently. Oh. We're not supposed to carry things in pockets. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed <laughs> to have the fellas <laughs> to the carry power the things. things. The power <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's so funny. Friends who are designers, and um, I think it's always so interesting, like you said, to learn the backstory. And also, what comes with that is um, they always say how difficult it is to help people understand where things are manufactured and why that's mm. so important, and why their brand costs more than something from right. a, um, you know a big chain because they're not right. mass produced. And I think that's a great conversation right. to be having. But I also wanted to just say that. Because we've also been through such a strange time lately, I was sharing on Instagram each day that I was dressing up to be at home. So I was like, get dressed up to be at home day. And I kept sharing it, but it also helped me feel more professional. Even though I was sitting at home, I... I felt better, so much better when I made effort with myself. And I was talking to Cecilia yesterday just about what I'm seeing with patients at the moment in their mental health. And I think this is one area where you, yes, okay, you might not feel like picking yourself up and getting it done, but when you do, you actually do feel a heck of a lot better when you actually make some effort than when you don't. And I love that something like that can just switch things up for us. It's a bit like washing your hair. Right. And imagine how your family feels, your children. So when they see mom crawling in, crawling in the kitchen, you know, in the same thing she's worn for three days, her hair, she's not looking like mom, you know, then they realize something is not right here Mm. in our world. But when mom, they come in the kitchen, there's mom. She's, you don't have to be dressed up, but you have to be dressed. You know, your hair's done. You look like mom. Then they're rocked and they're like, okay, we're all we're all good here. Mm. We're fine, and then they can go along with their day too. You know, you can um, make other people around you feel feel better too. So good. I don't want to run out of time. I want to sure. to change. Uh, topics a little bit mm-hmm. because one of the things, well, I guess it's in the same vein. One of the things we've been doing a lot of is um, online this. online interviews and uh, more than ever, actually, and I don't think that will change. I think we've worked out that we actually don't all have to get together. <laughs> we can save some travel time and we can look at each other still. And I, But I have noticed that there are definitely polar ends of the scale when people get on a screen. They either totally know what they're doing or they've got no idea at all and all you can see is their forehead or their or right. my kids laugh because whenever my parents call, we see up their nose. Oh, that's nice. As long as they give a little Absolutely. blow before, <laughs> before they get on. So I know you've got some tips for Zoom calls or online calls and I we would love to know and I'm sure the sure, listeners would love sure. to know what they are. Sure. So one thing is... Don't use this as an example of of what's behind us now. It's not an exciting look, but um, 
you do need to consider what is going on behind you and you need to consider your lighting and you need to consider the, the height that you have your iPhone or your laptop or whatever it is that you are having the um, conversation with the people, what, what um, instrument or whatever. So what you need to do, like where we have our laptop right now, we have it on one, two, three books. So you do not ever want to be looking down. You know, that's <laughs> so like the true. worst part it's of so all true. of us. You look like right? Gemma the Hutt, hey. not you. I was doing it yesterday <laughs> I, with someone and I had the thing on my lap and I was sitting on my bed because my whole family was home. And hey. um, and it was literally looking up and I thought, I just look like a massive red Jabba the Hutt right now. But <laughs> it's I don't, horrible. Yeah, it's and horrible. The, the woman I was talking to, I could only see her forehead, so I didn't care. It was fine. <laughs> yes, it's very true. You've got a very straightforward thing to, to start. Yeah. Yep. And a very easy way to figure all this out is to take your phone and if it's a Zoom call, you can actually pull the Zoom meeting up without anybody being in it and get an idea of what's going on, what it looks like. But you can also just take a selfie of yourself and then you can see, okay, I've got all this shadow over here and sun here. So that's, that's not a good look. And then you can notice, oh, I didn't realize that was in the background, you know, try and make it, you know, if you, if you are going to start doing this more, you know, as a, a lot of lawyers I've talked to now are, are having meetings from their, from their homes. So they are concentrating on maybe a bookshelf behind them. What books are back there? Um, they dress, um, in a very polished way, but understated because they don't want to come across as like wealthy lawyers. That's another thing you have to consider what it is that you're actually putting on your body. And it's easier than the normal because obviously you're just doing it from the waist up. <laughs> it can be pantless. You need to have on, you know, if you, if you have on a nice, not, not nothing statement, you know, nothing, anything that causes people to go, what is she wearing? <laughs> yeah. You know, something like that yeah. you don't want to do, but you do want people to look at you and, and whatever it is that you are, the job you are doing with them, you need to look the part. You know, I read something, a judge said he was appalled at the way um, some of his lawyers were coming to turn in their briefs. And he said, I didn't mean to show up in your briefs. You know, he was <laughs> really upset that they were being so casually dressed. And so, um, you know, it can be as easy as a, a blazer and a, you know, a, a blouse underneath or a turtleneck and a, just a nice little gold earring, or if it's something more conservative, just a little. Pearl stud, whatever it is. We've done, I've done a video about it. We have a section where you can go and shop ideas of different tops, depending on, you know, what, what industry you're in and things like that. But it is important. And also you can put a light, you can, you can buy these lights. I had done it where I've just put a lamp behind mm -hmm. the laptop, right behind the laptop. You can use there the light are from specific, your phone. You can use yes. the light from your phone as well. Right, and there are specific round lights that you can also buy that a lot of people are. Who says you're not? Well, technical. the only reason I know that is because I have a proper light. But when we were ages ago recording something, and it the battery in it went, and I couldn't plug it back in, and I was mid call with someone, so I just got my phone and used the light from that. And I'm sure. like, well, that actually works. You're like MacGyver. I want to ask you quickly before we let you go about statement pieces. Okay, so yes. you've got you've got this crazy dress that you've brought you've bought for yourself and mm -hmm. 
might have been an impulse and you love it. But of course, it's so crazy that everyone knows that that's the dress. Oh, that's the dress. So what do you yes. do? And I'm thinking about this because we've ha- we've got the voice on TV at the moment and Kelly Rowland mm-hmm. is one of the um, judges. And in, in the first like five episodes, she was wearing this crazy dress that made her look like a chocolate box. Like it was this oh big gosh. blue, like crunchy was, material, yeah. huge, huge, low cut. You couldn't forget the dress, but she was on five or six episodes in a row wearing the dress because they obviously right. filmed it in one day. Well, they try and, I think they don't film it in one day. They try and make it Do look like they've filmed it in one day. So they were doing that on purpose? Yes. But I thought it's really hard, not obviously for Skype things, right. but but what do you do with those pieces? Well, it depends on the sleeve. Oh, and okay. that's really what it boils down to because, like, I don't know if you can tell from our picture, but the, the, the shirt I'm wearing has all these striated colours it's a bright color. It's got purples and blues and um, reds and oranges. It's all these different colors. So it is the kind of color that people would be like, wow, I love the shirt. But then, you know, that it would be memorable. So what I can do is I can stick a blazer over it or I can stick a moto jacket, um, a scarf, something like that, a, a big scarf, wrap it around, anything that covers up a portion of it and they'll never know it's the same thing. Oh, there you go. So because it's got sleeves. That are and if it, not too crazy, well, you can put one. a jacket over it. Yeah, right. Yes, mm-hmm. if it's something with this big thing, yeah, there's yeah. No, the only thing you could do is sort of put some sort of a wrap around it. Yeah. A I love big, big sleeves. Wrap. And love, one more thing. Love yeah. big sleeves. I, the most expensive dress I ever bought was $800. Mm-hmm. I've worn it twice. It's still in mm-hmm. my cupboard. I love it. But since I had babies, it doesn't look that nice on me anymore. But I can't bear to get rid of it. What do you think about that impulse purchase? It was retaliation spending, I'm going to say, because my husband went on an expensive ski trip and it was before I had kids. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? You're going to go on the ski trip. I'm going to have the $800 dress. So can I just speak to that? Sorry, and you can answer this question, but I did the same thing one Mother's Day when (laughs) I didn't get a gift. And so I took myself up to the shops, retaliated, bought, no, I bought a pair of boots that... I've, so I had this pair of boots that I wanted forever and Chris kept saying, no, you can't buy them because they're extremely expensive. So I kept buying every other version of the boot, of spending so much more money and eventually right. just bought the boots and now I wear right. them all the time mm, and I got right. rid of all my other boots. The point was I went and spent a whole lot of money, still not quite as much as the other pair, um, and the same thing, retaliated, and then I never, I didn't <laughs> like them. <laughs> what do you, well, so what do you think? Yes, that, yeah, that's just one of those things you just have to say it felt good at the time. But... <laughs> If it is, once again, if it is something that you can put some sort of a jacket over, if it's if it fits you in a way that um, it doesn't didn't fit before, maybe the two options are doing something to change it up, which you can't change up the bottom really. So some kind of a, there's all kind of fun jackets, and you know, in the winter it could be like a little ostrich, you know, little yeah, great idea, little like. Um, tuxedo type jacket. I mean, there's just so many different options and you can also go and talk to a tailor if you have someone who does alterations and tell them the story that you spent this on it and that you loved it, but now it doesn't fit the same. Could she sort of reconfigure it? Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, do you know what? When I actually bought it, I thought I could always turn it into a skirt and stuff. So I did justify it it to myself. You justified it. Yeah, but it's true. The jacket jacket is a good saviour. Very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find more about you guys? So everything is the style that binds us. Our podcast, YouTube channel, website, 
Instagram, Pinterest, everything <laughs> is under the style that binds us. Easy. So awesome. Yeah. Thank and you so much. Just before you go, how do you go? Do you have the same taste? Because I do not have the same taste as my daughter or my mother. I just think our style <laughs> that binds us would be so terrible. But yours is clearly not. So that's great. My mum my mom steals all my ideas. Oh. And my, I'll, I'll go uh, home and I'll be like, hmm, it. nice, whatever. She's like, yes, yes. The good thing is you don't have to have one you can have a signature look that is just representative of who you are, but it doesn't have to be one specific look. So that, that's sort of another reason why we came together because yeah. we can make a video that says, this is how Allison will wear a motorcycle jacket. This is how Delia wears it. Ah. She's more of a romantic kind of dresser. Plus she's 28 and I'm more of a sort of tailored, I don't, um, Minimal. minimalist type of a dresser. And so it gives you two different age groups and it also gives you two different style aesthetics. Um, because sometimes we like the same things and sometimes we're very different and that's okay. Yeah. You're the same shoe size, which is good. Oh, that helps. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is good. That's I can't good. wait till my daughter yeah, has that's the same good. shoe My mum thinks that we're the same shoe size, but we're not. <laughs> so she always buys shoes that are too small for me. And I'm like, mum, I have never been a six and a half. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> but she, in her mind, she wants me to be. Can't I'm get pretty that sure. <laughs> oh, so good. I think we've learned some things, mm-hmm. but any, anyone can go and access, uh, even just looking on Instagram and looking for ideas, mm. with, you know. Oh, I think also yeah. too finding those those different brands that mm. you don't know about. It's like you've got sure. you've stumbled onto a secret. I like that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Absolutely. And when you take care of yourself, you feel better. You know, Absolutely. when you like you said, when you get dressed, you feel better. But also when it's you know, if you say I'm going to take a little time for myself, and even if it's going in your closet and challenging yourself to come up with three different outfits of things you already have. Telling everybody you want an hour to yourself, you know, mm. you've done something kind of creative and fun and, and you feel better afterwards. Mm. Yeah, so I love good. that you said that because there is a lot of talk of, you know, self-love, self-care, but if it's just yeah. picking an outfit that makes you feel good, then that's, well, that's pretty straightforward. Still the same thing, isn't it? Well, it's a good way to get into it. Yeah. Well, I've loved this episode, Cecilia. Mm, me too. As always, thank we you would... So oh, thank you. As always, we would invite our listeners to please go and rate the podcast. Please do. But also... And share. Rate yeah, and share. Yeah, rate and write a review and let us know what you liked about the episode. Take a selfie of where you're listening to it. Yes. That's Share good. it on like that. the Wellness Collective podcast on Instagram. Um, but we have a new review, Ooh, which is always on, exciting. Go on, Nat. I'm going to read uh, that. Uh, okay. The person has titled this Superpowers. Talking about uh, masculine versus feminine. That's the episode they're talking about. Right. I really enjoyed this really? episode. I feel that I'm already in my superpowers as my husband and I balance each other and we are able to show this to our daughters. With so many broken homes, they need to see dad's soft side and, oh, this goes on for a long time. Sorry, with so many broken homes, they need to see dad's soft side and my more manly side, but also how we are being true to ourselves too. Need more amazing information on live. I think maybe online. Anyway, thanks to both of you. Uh, thanks to both of you. And can you please get Tommy Little back on again? <laughs> we tried. We tried. We, we tried. That's so funny. Awesome. Well, that was excellent. And thank you once again, ladies. Enjoy your summertime over there um, in the States. We're freezing our butts off well, over here. probably can't go very far anyway, so enjoy basking in the backyard. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, ladies. Oh, goodness. Well, Cecilia, I hope that this episode, until next time, has mm. left you feeling happier, healthier and better. It has, yes. 